just think we were prepared. You know, one thing my, uh, my trainer, he told me, he said, what did he say? He just told us to be prepared. It's always doubt with us every year. It's like, oh, well, the Saints can't do this because something or, you know, Drew's gone and it. I, I don't, I'm the wrong person to ask because I don't care. And I'm coming in every year to think that we're going to be the shit. What up? Welcome back to Black and Gold BS, the Irreverent Saints podcast from Boot Crew Media. I'm Jacob Krasno alongside my trusty co host, Sean Haspel. Allison could not be with us tonight, unfortunately, but, uh, and it's even more unfortunate because we were going to do a special segment with her uh, because she didn't watch the game. And we were just going to have her look at the box score and guess what happened. Uh, but I guess we'll just get right into it. The Saints won. They beat the uh, hated Los Angeles Rams 27 to 20. We're four and seven. We're just a game behind the Bucks in the division. And uh, we're still alive, Sean. The still Saints alive. just they won't they just won't die. They will um, not die. The team that would not die. I you yeah. know, I, all year I've been pretty like disaffected and just like not as emotionally invested in this team as I usually am because I just can't uh, self-flagellate myself like this every weekend. But I have to say for this game in particular, I was like really dialed in, like leaping off the couch, pumping my fist, telling the TV to suck it because I fucking hate the Los Angeles Rams. I think I hate them more than the Falcons. And I want them to suffer. I want their fans to suffer. I want everyone in the Rams' orbit to suffer for all eternity. Agree or disagree? Oh yeah, man, I'm right there with you. Um, I mean, hard hard to like say hoops. I hate more the the Falcons or the Rams, but um, I mean, the Rams are certainly the nemesis du jour of. Uh, I'd probably say most most of the Saints fan base. I mean, obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you know about the no call, so that goes without saying. Though, like, I don't know, as a sidebar, did you see that the like Saints game presentation folks like played the no call as part of the us versus them segment at the dome? This weekend? I heard I heard something to that effect, but I don't really know any of the details. Did you see like a video of it? Yeah, I mean, I saw like part of like that clip of it and like the dome, like I think they played it just to kind of like fire up the dome. But I, I think, I think the people were mad at the saints themselves for playing it. So I don't know. I, I, I don't think that like really landed. Um, and uh, so pr- not the best, not the best uh, effort there. I know they like to be a little edgy with that segment and it usually is a big hit. Um, so credit to them. On most days, no one bats a thousand, but yeah, that 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 one might have missed. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean that just and that just speaks to the widespread hatred of the Rams within our fan base. I mean, God, I mean, I don't know how many minutes on this podcast over the last year and change that we've devoted to Rams bashing, but I mean, obviously the no call um, and just like the kind of astroturfed way that they've like tried to manufacture like organic support in Los Angeles and just the fact they're owned by like this 
creep of a billionaire who screwed over another small market in St. Louis and is like a wall, like married a Walmart heiress. And I mean, like you could like literally just go on and on um, uh, about all the things, the, the 10 things we dislike about the Rams to say the least um, and how they kind of like fell ass backwards into a championship last year, yet nobody cares in their own local market. So um, yeah. So really- last year, it, and I may have talked about this in some previous pod, but, as everyone who listens to this knows, I live in LA and I went out for the Super Bowl with a bunch of LSU fans to support Joe Burrow. Um, and when the Rams won, the bar emptied. And it wasn't like people went out onto the street and were like partying in the street, like, you know, a normal city like New Orleans would do. People just went home. Everybody went home. Yeah. And it was just like a normal, sleepy Sunday night. Uh, people here don't care. They care about the Lakers. They care about the Dodgers. And they kind of care of about USC. the kind of USC, kind of the LA Kings, which is the NHL team. Yeah, they don't give a flying fuck about the Rams. They probably never will. And probably as soon as this season, when they are like eliminated from playoff contention, that massive uh, planter's wart of a stadium in Inglewood is going to be empty. And uh, I, I can't wait to hear about how much money they're losing because I mean, those days are coming. The uh, Saints happy hour guys are like predicting or half joking, half predicting that like Sean McVay had the look in his eyes on the sidelines of a, of a guy who's about to pull a Sean Payton and uh, walk away from some serious burnout. And then, and he had already been, uh, kind of hinting that he might not come back after, after that Super Bowl. Um, but he obviously did, but maybe he's getting some cold feet and I mean, he I mean, say what you will, but I mean, he is legitimately great offensive mind and it's proven to be a pretty solid head coach. So um, yeah, that would be a pretty big death blow to them. Um, but uh, yeah. I mean, God, what if Sean Payton, what if he left and Sean Payton went to coach the Rams? Well, because well, we have control over that, I would say that's very unlikely. Right. And then also they don't the Rams even, also they, don't have, they a don't have picks. picks. So yeah. like yeah. So yeah, so that won't happen. But unless yeah. they're malpractice by the Saints brass. Look, but if I was Sean McVay's what, like thirty-eight years old, yeah. thirty-seven, thirty-eight. If I was him and like a millionaire and in my thirties living in LA and could just go to any restaurant or club in West Hollywood and go home with like the hottest woman in the bar any night. And like, if I could just do that instead of devoting a hundred hours a week to a losing football team, I pick the social aspect of it every time, (laughs) like 10 out of 10 times. He doesn't need to work like ever again in his life. Um, And before we, Real quick before we get to uh, like the game itself, um, the Rams released Daryl Henderson today, who was their <laughs> starting running back, and yeah. I like am so on board with the Saints picking him up because we desperately need reinforcements in the backfield. We need some help there, and Daryl Henderson's a good running back. And honestly, I'd be okay if we signed Melvin Gordon too because he was released by the Broncos and cleared waivers. Uh, both good options, talented players. They've been productive. I take yeah. them over uh, the corpse of uh, 
what's his name? John DJ. Oh, uh, David Johnson. Uh, David Johnson any day of yeah. the week. Although David Johnson did have like one good run on yeah. Sunday. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and even, when, <laughs> oh, even, when, even when Mark Ingram gets back, I mean, uh, I mean, he's pretty old himself and probably won't be on the team next year. So, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, they, the Saints definitely need a running back too, um, whether with like a, a young free agent like Daryl Henderson or um, – someone in the draft next year, but uh, yeah, the, either of them could be pretty intriguing options. Yeah. So the game itself was pretty awesome. Like we kind of dominated the game. We knocked out Matthew Stafford. Uh, we made Jalen Ramsey look like a fool and Andy Dalton to his credit, you know, I'm sure he heard the noise all week about how he needed to be benched. The team, yeah. Definitely heard the noise about how DA needs to be fired and how everything's gone off the rails. And they responded. They played yeah. hard. Dalton played a basically a perfect game. Um, yeah. I saw on Twitter that it was like his QB rating was the highest of any quarterback all season, um, right. which is kind of unbelievable. And, you know, I, I got to say, that performance, it's got me excited for the rest of the season. Yeah, it's it is almost like a catch twenty two though because it it excites you because it shows you what this team is capable of even with like in the insane amount of injuries that the Saints had going into that game. Um, that I think I shared with you guys from Twitter the graphic that um, the Saints. I don't remember the exact metric that they use to determine this, but the Saints are the most injured team in the NFL. Um, and I, they were almost missing, I think they were missing 10 starters between both sides of the ball going into that Rams game. And there were, I mean, granted, like obviously the Rams were very banged up themselves, but, um, and it really was kind of a war of attrition. And especially like, as we'll probably talk about Matthew Stafford got uh, concussed or re-aggravated his, his, his original concussion, which is never good um, on a, on a DeMario Davis, I believe sack, that uh yeah really kind of changed the course of the game but um but yeah credit credit the saints uh they played an awesome game um defense played really well outside of like a couple bad plays here and there um and the offense was like probably the most efficient it's been like top to bottom all year despite missing three starting o linemen um and uh obviously like Jameis is out, Mike Thomas is out. But uh yeah, the probably the biggest storyline going into the game, what were those O-line injuries for the Saints? Um, and the Saints were so injured that Andrews Pete was active, but was basically like an, an absolute emergency O-line play because he was not healthy, but he was still active because that's how few healthy bodies the Saints actually had. And so kind of the big storyline going into the game was given those O-line injuries, how quickly would Aaron Donald eat and kill Andy Dalton? And that didn't happen. Um, credit to uh, the Saints offensive line and coaching staff for scheming up some awesome protections, uh, really kind of making it a team effort to, to double team and, and chip Aaron Donald. And they moved him all around the line. But he, uh, I think he only had one quarterback hit all day. I think he had two tackles for loss. But 
Um, no sacks from like <laughs> one of the greatest defensive players of all time. Um, and arguably the best defensive player in the NFL today. Um, and uh, that also major, major credit to Andy Dalton for getting the ball out uh, incredibly quickly. I think I saw his average time to throw was like 2.34 seconds, which is laser quick. Um, and if you had watched the Saints offense uh, at pretty much any point the rest of the season, uh, earlier in the season, like we were not getting the ball out with that kind of rhythm. So um, some of those uh, rushes that Aaron Aaron Donald had, they, uh, they, they would have been sacks in, in previous weeks, but we were in rhythm. We were on time. Andy was getting the ball where he needed to go relatively accurately. He did take a couple bad sacks on, on uh, plays where he should have thrown it away um, put, and, and put us in like field position or, or, or punting situations, unfortunately. But um, outside of that, he played an awesome game. The question, though, is will he be able to replicate that going forward? And um, that's, I yeah. mean, that's, that's really what it's all about. Like, this team has shown flashes all year, but it's been the inconsistency that's been so frustrating to us. And, um, and like, I know there's what, there's what, seven games left, but, um, oh no, six games. There's six. There's six. Well, there's seven weeks. Weeks. Six, six games. games. Right. Uh, the Saints have a very late buy. The Saints buy yeah. is two weeks from now. So we have the 49ers, then the Bucks, and then a bye week. Right. right. So we've got six games left. And I mean, you want to, who knows like how we'll finish. Um, but you want to see the team keep fighting. And I know, I mean, I'm sure we'll, we'll, we'll dive into this deeper, but uh, how the team finishes uh, could go a lot of the way. Uh, towards determining the like in like the the way the Saints themselves uh, feel about Dennis Allen and the direction of the team, but then also the way the fan base feels about it too. So um, and whether anything yeah. comes of that one way or the other is is to be determined, I guess. Yeah, I guess you know we should dive into our weekly segment of is Dennis Allen fired? And I I still think he. I'm leaning, you know, more likely than not that he should be fired. Um, but I said last week, I will change my mind if the Saints suddenly become good and become contenders. And if we play like we played against the Rams, you know, that's that's the best outcome. Like, yeah, we want them to be good and we want Dennis Allen to be a success. We don't want to have to tear it down to the studs. Um, so I'm going to lean, yes, he's still fired, but I'm, I'm, I could change my tune. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, I feel like we've talked about this ad nauseum, and we probably will continue to, but there's a difference between whether they should fire him or whether they will fire him. And I think, um, I think those both are answered as to how the team finishes down the stretch. Um, like I said, six yeah. games left. Probably the two toughest games we have are actually like this week at San Francisco, and then in a few few weeks, um, or I guess it's New Year's Day, isn't it? Uh, at Philly, and right? Yeah, all, all the New Year's the Day other, in Philadelphia. Right. So the other four games I think are pretty winnable, um, but those two are going to be pretty tough. And like, let's say um, we go four and two down the stretch finish with an eight and nine record, a losing record for the first time uh, since 2016. Um, and that might, well, I don't know that that could be honestly good enough to win the South. Cause that would be 
um, wins over um, the Bucks and, and the Falcons in there. So um, uh, I don't know. We'll see. I mean, if Dennis Allen makes the playoffs like at seven and 10 or even, or eight and nine, um, we're, he's, he's keeping his job obviously. And, and he should, but, um, but all it comes down to, you just want to see the team fight despite their limitations, despite their personal, um, missing players. Like you just want to see the team fight, play hard. And like, if they're believing in the message coming from the top, then I think that's like a good sign. I know that seems like kind of a fair weather thing, but um, I mean, that's, that's really what it's all about. Do they believe in the leadership and the direction of the, the men whose job it is to lead them in those directions? Um, and if that's the case, yeah. then, then I think, um, you know, it, it, it's going to be hard. I think to, as disappointed of a season as, as it has been, um, it'll be hard to fire Dennis Allen. But um, if, if not, then we can revisit that discussion. But, um, but I mean, going back to this Rams game, I think some of, like, some of the biggest things – okay, the injuries are, are what they are. Like medical malpractice or bad luck, like let's, let's show those for a second. I think the biggest criticisms we've had of DA and this team this season are like, yes, like some of the personnel moves um, before the season and like some small roster management things in season. But uh, week in and week out, we've been most frustrated with the, the penalties the blown assignments and the turnovers and, and like weird, like game day personnel decisions and pretty much all four of those things were on the opposite side of the spectrum against the Rams, which like led to a win. Like, Oh, it's, it's shocking. Yeah. We, we didn't turn yeah, the ball you're over. Right. We, we didn't turn the ball over and really didn't have any like turnover worthy plays as they say, like, Dalton didn't have any like dropped picks and we didn't, I don't think we put the ball on the ground at all, which so like scratch that one off. Like, that's awesome. Like great job by the coaches and players for being focused uh, going into the game and during the game itself uh, penalties I believe we only had two penalties all game um, and they came late in the game and on like special teams and were largely inconsequential. So no offsides, no, pass interference, uh, defensive holding, no offensive holding, no, uh, no false starts, uh, which like have been a killer this year. And like those like pre-snap penalties, especially are ones that are like often attributed to bad coaching. So we didn't have that. Um, we didn't have that this, this, this game. So scratch that criticism off. Um, blown coverages on defense, which we really kind of in our, fiery episode last week we really kind of harped on as like one of the biggest black marks against da because um the this the sec like the secondary especially like was his baby as i like to call it and the baby was was being bad so but but this week we really didn't have too many too many blown coverages um i think stafford's two touchdown passes i mean uh was just a result of unfortunately some of our DBs on the field are just old and not great. Uh, Chris Harris. Yeah, like you can't blame yeah. Dennis Allen for Chris Harris being old. old he's and, been yeah. targeted by opposing quarterbacks since he's right. started to see the field. So. Right. Yeah. Chris Harris, like, arguably wouldn't be on the field if we had Roby and um, 
and and Marshall Lattimore. And I believe like I mean PJ Williams is hurt right now too. So like we're having some some pretty bad uh, injuries in the secondary, which put guys like Chris Harris, who like is obviously great you know, early in his career, but is like I mean sad as to say he's like washed now. Um, he, he made a few great plays the last couple of weeks, but he got absolutely got cooked by Tutu Atwell. Um, but then also you on mean, that play, like Tutu Shatwell. Yeah, yeah, that's his that's his like alter ego, who's really shitty. Um, but um, but then also on that long touchdown pass, uh Tyron Matthew, like arguably I, I don't know like the coverage rules uh, in, in that scenario, but like Nick Underhill said, like the safety should have been there over the top and Tyron Matthew was not there, whether it was like a late read or he was just like too slow, he wasn't there and it was a long touchdown, so that was bad. And then on the second touch pass. It was like right in front of Tyron Matthew. I, again, like I don't know if I don't know if I don't know if that one was like a bad defensive call to have that alignment against that formation, or like Matthew was just slow to react and get there. But he gave up that one as well. So, um, but beyond that, I can't really think of too many like bad defensive plays in that game. Um, especially again, considering um, the Saints were down. Uh, they're two starting defensive ends and then their number three D end, like the saints luck again, uh, Peyton Turner has like an awesome, like, I think it was like a fourth down stop. And like, as it was a getting fourth down final, stop. yeah, a Rams like offensive lineman, like floops back on top of him and, and hurts his ankle. Thankfully we got the news. I think it was yesterday that it was actually just a low ankle sprain, not even a high ankle sprain and, and not a broken ankle. So he should be back hopefully in a couple weeks, but who knows? But it was just like another like like oh great like Saints like luck oh just of course so the Saints were down their top three defensive ends um, uh, and then Pete Werner who's been one of the bright spots this season was out uh, for the Saints again this week and then Marshawn Lattimore is like his insides are jello basically at this point and <sighs> so the Saints uh, defense played pretty damn well um, despite missing some personnel and then uh, once they knocked out Matthew Stafford. They, uh, Bryce Perkins came in and, uh, like definitely gave the Saints defense a, a different look, um, with his like quicks and, and his running abilities. So he had like, I think one, like 23 yard scramble, which wasn't great. But again, like it's kind of hard for a defense to adjust from like one style quarterback immediately to like a vastly different style quarterback who they haven't had any film on really. Um, so, but they, they held on, I think forced, forced a couple of field goals and, and they ended up winning the game. So, Great job there. And uh, also a shout out Caden Ellis. Like what a find uh, seventh round pick a few years ago. And um, yeah, he's unfortunately, yeah, he's heading into free agency though. So hopefully they're able to hang on to him um, for like a pretty reasonable price. But uh, I mean, with Demario Davis, probably only having a couple years left in his career, like uh, suddenly like a Pete Werner, uh, Caden Ellis linebacker duo uh, patrolling, patrolling the middle of the field for the saints for the next um, handful of years sounds like a lot better than it did uh, going in, going into the season potentially. So um, yeah, yeah. kudos to the defense. Um, and then uh, oh, the, the the last the last thing I wanted to shout out the Saints for. And again, sorry for for ranting per usual on this podcast, but um, like I, like I said, uh, we we've been frustrated with the Saints some of their personnel choices, like in game or whether that's like the game plan going in or or uh, diverging from it as, as the game flow goes on. Um, particularly when it came to Taysom Hill, uh, Pete Carmichael and the offensive staff used Taysom Hill very smartly and effectively this game, a really nice mix of, 
designed runs, the design like handoffs and like in kind of options deal. And they let him throw a few times um, that uh, really kind of kept the team off guard. I mean, to, uh, if you go back and look at the film uh, when we did that rollout play, Taysom definitely had Jarvis open for a touchdown um, and, and waited too late, which uh, just reminds us of his limitations as a passer. But um, I do think the Saints used him more smartly. Which I don't know if that's a word, but um, they used him better than they had um, in probably any game since the Seahawks game when it, when he really kind of broke out this season. So um, kudos to the offensive staff for for recognizing that, and um, and uh, also kudos to the offensive staff for cooking like Jalen Ramsey for for two touchdowns, uh, and he's regarded as like probably the best corner in the NFL right now. So um, yeah. Yeah, Shout out the like offense. A, he looked he looked bad. Um, yeah, overrated. Chris, overrated. Chris Olave. Um, like, I know we're gonna like bang our heads about the Eagles trade um, with how the season's gone, and uh, ho- hopefully we we do like go four and two, five and one down the stretch, and like bump that down to like the fifteenth, sixteenth, whatever pick. But regardless of where it ends, like. And obviously we need to see how Trevor Penning looks. And he, he, I think actually might be back this week, which would be awesome to get him yeah, back. Um, that's the word. Yeah. Uh, Trevor Penning. I mean, uh, sorry, Chris Olave like is awesome. And uh, I don't know if he'll win rookie of the year. I think the, the, the betting lines have a uh, Kenneth Walker um, from Seattle probably being the, the favorite right now. And I think that's why Damian Pierce is slightly ahead of Chris Olave, but um, hopefully Olave continues to ball out and uh, really kind of develops that connection with Dalton. Or I don't, I don't know. Maybe, maybe Jameis is done. Who knows? But um, hopefully Olave has a, a strong end of the season and, and can maybe snatch that award away because he's amazing. And um, I, I mean, I think he's like a future multi-year Pro Bowler, like almost not guaranteed, but as long as he stays healthy. Um, I think the sky's the limit for him. And I think the saints were really right to be aggressive in acquiring him. Yeah. Like the trade itself, it wasn't bad. Like if Penning ends up being just like, okay, then it's like, it's, it's the saints own fault. Like it's the fault of our play that we're questioning this trade. The players that we got as a result of it, there's nothing wrong with them. Right. You know, I guess the jury's still kind of out on Penning because he hasn't played at all, but he looked fine in the preseason before he got hurt. So right. we play the 49ers this mm-hmm. week in, in, uh, well, it's not in San Francisco. It's like 17 hours. Santa away. Clara. Yeah. Wherever the fuck that is. Um, <laughs> uh, Saints are nine and a half point underdogs. Yeah. 43 point over under. So, Vegas seems to think we're going to get our asses kicked. Um, One of the things that has me encouraged about the direction of the team in this latter portion of the season is that if we do continue to fight and play, you know, even to like 80% of the way we played against the Rams, we're going to start to get guys back from injury. And one would think, that will help our chances against these playoff bound teams like the 49ers. Um, you've got to think that at some point in the next couple of weeks, we'll get McCoy back. We'll get Lattimore back. We'll get Kim Jordan back. Uh, I don't really care about Davenport because he doesn't do shit, but 
once we start to get these guys back, then maybe we can make a run at it. But, but this week against the 49ers, I got to be honest, I have no idea what to expect. I don't know which Saints team is going to show up, right? Like that's the biggest question. Right. Are we right. going to get the, the team that showed up against the Rams or are we going to get the team that, that like fell into a hole against the, the Ravens just a week yeah. after they destroyed the Raiders? Yeah. And, and that's, that's, I mean, that's really the, the crux of it right there that um, all of this optimism that we felt and feel coming out of the Rams game was literally the same optimism that we had coming out of the Raiders game. And um, the situations are like remarkably similar. Um, I mean, we yep. dominated bad teams at home, um, which I mean, it's that it doesn't make us like a, a good team. And but I mean, you're supposed to beat bad teams. I mean, that's that's what you do. Um, and then we played the Ravens the, after the after the Raiders game, uh, who Ravens are a good team, and they dominated us and. Uh, the Niners are a pretty good team. I mean, I, I, I don't think they're contenders. I, I, I refuse to believe that Jimmy Garoppolo can win a Super Bowl. Like, I mean, I know we saw him in a Super Bowl and he lost it because he's not a good quarterback. But, um, I mean, they, they've continued their mission to surround him with as much talent as possible to, like, minimize the need for him to be good. But um, they're still, like, a very good team at, if anything, just by sheer talent alone. And... Um, with the injuries that we do have, it's going to be tough. I mean, the Vegas line, it is what it is for a reason. It's on the road. Um, hopefully, I mean, they just uh, – we're recording this on Tuesday night. They, they just finished beating the, the shit out of the Cardinals in Mexico City last night on Monday Night Football. Oh, maybe they, like, are going to contract some weird, like, Giardia, Montezuma's Revenge or something and have, uh, <laughs> and have the runs in their gold pants um, potentially this this – this week, but um, that, that might be our best chance. But yeah, I mean, the Niners, the Niners are good. Um, I mean, for the most part, I mean, they adding Christian McCaffrey is definitely <laughs> a big win for them. George Kittle's still one of the better tight ends in the NFL. Um, Debo Samuel is one of the best you know, versatile playmakers as well. Um, and they've got some, some real good guys on defense, Fred Warner and uh, uh, the racist one, Bosa. Um, yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, it's, it's gonna be a tough matchup. Uh, if, if the saints roll out the same personnel they do, they did against the Rams against the Niners. I don't think it would be very pretty. If we get some guys back this week, which we might, um, and we play like we did against the Rams, we can make it competitive. And, uh, and then we'll see what happens. So, I mean, I think we'll get Cam Jordan back. Um, I think he, like, really wanted to play. He, uh, he like, played with a – he, like, broke in his orbital bone uh, his, in his face against the, the the Steelers and, like, kept playing through it. But they wouldn't let him play through it this week, fortunately. Like, I don't know if he'll, like, wear, like, a like a visor and, like, maybe, like, an NBA-style, like, end of the <laughs> opera mask. Um but get I think him the he'll Ricky be able to, Jackson helmet. Right, exactly. Um, I think he'll be able to play this week. Maybe we get Davenport back um, up front. Uh, Werner, I think, is on IR, so he unfortunately won't be back. But like we said, Caden Ellis uh, was really encouraging. Maybe this is the week Marshawn Lattimore comes back, which 
it'd be really nice to help him have him help cover um, Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk out wide for the Niners. Um, that would be huge. And I think maybe PJ Williams would back could be back as well. Um, I'm not sure about that. Is he on IR actually though? I don't remember. I don't but, even know anymore. I don't know. It's hard. Yeah. Um, and then on the offensive side, I mean, the fact that Andrews Pete was active last week, he, he, in theory, could be back. Uh, James Hurst should be back from his concussion. Um, and so that would be two starting O-linemen back. Eric McCoy won't be back yet. But um, if Penning plays this week, I'm wondering, do you still roll with Josh Andrews as a center and keep James Hurst at left tackle if he's back? Or do you like throw Trevor Penning out there at left tackle, kick um, James Hurst over to guard like he's played before, and put Ruiz at center? Um, That's what I would do because I think the key to winning this game is to keep that defense away from Andy Dalton, keep mm -hmm. his jersey clean, and just try to road grade them. Yeah, uh, much much ado has been made on Twitter this week about how the Saints are. It was three and zero when Taysom Hill has like a certain amount of carries. We're just going to have to run it down their throats yeah. and try to win the the game at the line of scrimmage. I think that's really the only shot we have. Yeah, yeah, like run right at at uh, Nick Bosa and 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 try to uh, control the clock and um, yeah, I I mean that's that's kind of been what we 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 were hoping for in terms of a game plan all year. So um, and Penning is known for his run blocking. So, right, yeah, right, right. To that end, like I think you do if if Penning can go, you put him out there at left tackle and you just run the ball. Yeah, yeah, just run, run, uh, run. Yeah, and. Uh, yeah, so so we'll see. Um, it, it's going to be a tough one this week, but again, like I think the most important thing on the macro level is just to see the team fight, play hard, try to play clean. Don't turn the ball over. Don't um, don't like have dumb penalties. But if you if you do both of those things, you still get beat by like a better team on the road. Like so be it. But um, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, would you like to throw out any? Uh absurdly specific predictions this week in real world i think we're probably going to lose by like 10 points um in fun awesome world i think uh jimmy garoppolo is driving for what he hopes is a game-winning play uh like score in the late in the fourth quarter tyron matthew picks him off runs it back for a touchdown Saints win. Oh man, please! If the algorithm is listening, it's it's time for Honey Badger to make a play. Um, let's see. Do I have a specific prediction? Okay, here's my specific prediction. I think the Saints will win. I think we'll win twenty-four to twenty-three uh, because Christian McCaffrey will get hurt, and it will completely derail the 49ers' offense. Um, and they'll get a like a junk time touchdown and, and make it more interesting than it than it was originally. But I think without Christian McCaffrey, they'll struggle and he'll you know pop a hammy or something, and uh, yeah, we'll win because of that. Yeah, Christian McCaffrey will probably be unfocused during this game because he's so upset that his dad got fired from the head coaching job at University of Northern Colorado, um, where like supposedly he like just didn't scout or do like he was just like a terrible head coach and like hired christian's older brother to be the offensive coordinator 
despite like no coaching experience. And he like got in a fight with a fan after the fan made fun of his pants. Um, <laughs> what funny, <laughs> funny stuff. Google it. It's hilarious. So lots of drama in the McCaffrey cinematic universe. Was, was Ed McCaffrey taking a page out of the, uh, the John Haspel fashion lookbook and wearing like pleated jeans. John Haspel the... is a, is a fashion icon. I'll have, you know, he's just, he's, he's just ahead of his time. I invented the piano key necktie. I invented it. Okay. One, one last thing I want to bring up before we uh, go our separate ways is Jimmy G going to be a free agent after the season. Correct. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Do you you think the saints make a run at him? Cause he doesn't look that bad. I mean, compared to what we've been dealing with, like, I don't know, man, I think I would, uh, I think I'd throw him an offer. I don't know. I, I feel like we've like, he's just like another known commodity. Like we have our known commodities currently at quarterback. And I feel like he's like another one. And I mean, it's all relative because like if we could get him for cheap, I would say like, sure, why not? But like, I don't want to get in a bidding war for Jimmy Garoppolo. And like, I just, I, I don't believe in him. I mean, I don't believe in who we have currently, but like it, like do, would we want him to be like a bridge quarterback? And like, we still have our eyes draft on like drafting someone high either this year, like maybe like a, Hinden Hooker slips to like the mid second round with his ACL injury or, um, or like maybe we like wait on drafting a young QB until um, 2024. But um, I don't know, man, I just don't believe in his long-term upside and like, you know, like we've seen, it's, it's not like a situation where it's like, Oh, like he's like talented, but like hasn't been on talented teams. So if we just like put him on talented like a different talented team, a team with more talent, like he'll thrive. Like we've seen him in like perfect situations and he still hasn't been able to get it done. And I like consistently at a high level besides like beating the freaking Arizona Cardinals who were like a dumpster fire themselves. So um, I don't know, man. I mean, it's all relative. Like it's all relative, you know? Uh, yeah. Like if we can get him for right, cheap, I'm like, sure. Why not? But I don't want to make <sighs> him, I don't want to like give Jimmy Robbo quarterback Jim, give Jim. Excuse me. Resetting. I do not want to give Jimmy Garoppolo (laughs) a contract where, like, people look at him and they're like, "Oh, wow, that's like a lot of money for Jimmy Garoppolo." I want to give Jimmy Garoppolo a contract where you're like, "Oh, wow, like, damn, the Saints like got him for that much." Like, if that's the discourse coming out of it, I'll be happy, not the other way around. Okay, fair enough. Maybe, maybe you've talked me out of it. We'll see. We'll Mission see. accomplished, I guess. Yeah. All right. Uh, I actually wrote an, a Rams ad read. Hell yeah. So this week, Black and Gold BS, sponsored by the Los Angeles Rams. Here we go. Are you a grifter, a fraud, or just a plain old pathetic loser? Are you pretending to be a football fan? Are you a Lakers fan looking to distract yourself from the pain of knowing the Pelicans are taking your top five pick? Then we have just the solution for you. Become a Rams fan and light your money on fire by purchasing an official Nike jersey that says, to all the people in the bar you'll never talk to anyway, hey, look, I have a personality. 
and its overrated cornerback, Jalen Ramsey. Side effects of becoming a Rams fan may include nausea, vomiting, painful gas, incurable diarrhea, massive hair loss, halitosis, going straight to hell, unstoppable weight gain, alienation from your friends and family, and anal bleeding. The Los Angeles Rams, the official team for people who go to SoFi Stadium just for the Instagram clout. Wow. I didn't realize we had Don Draper on as our co-host this week. Uh, yeah, well, if things, uh, if things go south on Sunday against the 49ers, I might be uh, as drunk as Don Draper was every day of his professional life at uh, Sterling Cooper, Draper Price. All right. Anything else you want to get off your chest? No, man. Um, just uh, hope to see the Saints keep fighting. That's that's really what it's all about. For Sean Haspel, I'm Jacob Krasno, and this has been Black and Gold BS, the irreverent Saints podcast from Boot Crew Media. Until next week, who dat? Who dat? Who dat?